Welcome to Cane and Bound Podcast, episode number 45. I'm Tom Barthel, currently serving as pastor at Christ Lutheran Church, a Wells congregation in Baxter, Minnesota. I'm glad to be serving as your host for this episode. We'll begin today with a devotion shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's word for you, Job 13, 28. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. <laughs> this verse, it appears to me to begin Job's speech in chapter 14, actually. The first phrase, so man, is it's just a pronoun, um, wehu, and he in Hebrew. It doesn't have a, a connection to anything before it in chapter 13, where Job's focus has been on me and not on he. It fits perfectly as the opening of an elegy for mortal men, which I think is chapter 13, verse 28, this verse, and then into chapter 14, uh, probably all the way down to verse 12. The frailty of cloth and the appetite of the moth is a common theme for sinful man's punishment, not only in Job, but elsewhere, like Psalm 39 and Isaiah 51 and James 5. Jesus tugs at this train of thought and warns us all. In, 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 in Matthew 6, this is the Sermon on the Mount, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. The answer to Job's fear is faith. But our faith mustn't be in ourselves or the resiliency of humanity. Our faith is in Christ. Our hope is in the resurrection. And our trust is in eternal life. In Christ's time, Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. Next we have Moment with the Master, shared by Pastor Aaron Nitz. The word of our God that I'd like to focus on today is... Again, from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6, and it reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So what is it that you worry about in life? Making ends meet? Health issues? Family problems? Relationship trouble? You know, if we stop and think about it, there's probably a lot that we could worry about in life, isn't there? And since there's so much to worry about in life, perhaps it's strange for us to hear our God tell us, do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. Worrying is actually sinful. It stems from a lack of trust in God and doubt in his power and love for us. So what does God do? Leave us to worry our lives away? Not at all. Rather, he graciously answers our worries with his words. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. It is finished. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worry? No way. What joy there is in life when you have a close relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus. 
I'm looking forward to being strengthened in my relationship with Jesus this Sunday in worship just like you. God's blessings on your day. Now we're glad to share a hymn from Branch's band. Lord, it's not that I did choose you. Lord, it's not that I did choose you that I know could never be. For this heart would still refuse you had your grace not chosen me. Freedom in Christ is shared by Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 3, 6-9 Children of Abraham Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So, those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. NIV 1984 Abraham Both here and in Romans 4, Paul, the Jewish apostle to the Gentiles, goes right to the central figure of the Jews, of the Old Covenant. Abraham is rightly called the father of the faithful. He is also the father of the nation of Israel. All the blessings of Israel are promised first to Father Abraham. And then there is this promise that plays out in the life of every German and French and Mexican and Indonesian and, and, and Christian to this very day. All nations will be blessed through you. What What a blessing to be blessed with Abraham to be united with believing Jews in the true New Testament, Israel of God. 
Abraham is the man of faith. It is not his faithfulness, his obedience that is praised here. To be sure, that trip to Mount Moriah to sacrifice Isaac, the child of promise, is an act of heroic obedience. But it is obedience moved by faith. Abraham trusted that God, who had given life to his dead body and given him a son through that dead body, could raise Isaac, too, from the dead. God did not allow Abraham to complete the sacrifice. He supplied a ram in the bushes. Abraham was not saved by what he did. He was saved by what he believed. There are modern Christians who identify different dispensations. In these different dispensations, salvation comes in other ways than faith. There are modern Christians who think that the physical Israel of today will be saved because they are the children of God, that they are still the chosen nation. But Paul the Jew is very clear in his words. The apostle who at one time held the coats of those who stoned the first Jewish Christian martyr, Stephen, now carried on the faith of Stephen. Salvation has always been, since the days of Eve and Abraham and David and Micah, a matter of faith in God's promise of salvation. Isaiah, 700 years before the Messiah, describes in chapter 53, in vivid detail, the sacrifice of Messiah, Jesus Christ, for the sins of Jews and Gentiles. He is therefore called the suffering servant. A careful study of Old and New Testaments will reveal a salvation that is exactly the same. A careful reading of the New Testament epistles will reveal that the children of Abraham today are those who believe in the Savior God promised to him then. The Israel of God today consists of those who are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. By God's continuing grace, some, but too few, of those who have Abraham's faith have the blood of Abraham physically flowing in their veins. Many others, Gentiles, were once outside the kingdom of God. But the work of Paul continued as Paul, the Jewish apostle to Gentile sinners, proclaimed Messiah, the Christ, and his redeeming blood and comforting resurrection is the ground of Abraham-like faith. All believers in Jesus have the right to the title, Children of Abraham. They will be welcomed by Father Abraham into the joys of heaven. For by faith the righteousness of Jesus has been credited to their account, just as it was to Abraham then. There is both urgency and mercy. Genesis 19, 10-16 But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to be married to his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of the dawn, 
the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. How ironic! The blindness of these men is now displayed also in physical blindness. These men who rejected all light and truth in their life were now shut out from the light, and their city was soon going to be destroyed as a prelude to the eternal judgment of God on all sin. Now these angels reveal to Lot just who they really are. Do you have loved ones here? Get them out, they say. Now God is going to destroy this city. He sent us to destroy it. God is so merciful. Can you imagine what was running through Lot's mind at the sudden realization that the fire of God would be poured out on his city? And God in mercy was going to spare him and any he could convince to come with him and flee. At first, Lot runs to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to be married to his daughters, and tells them, Hurry, we must leave here or die when the city's punished. Was Lot's sense of urgency quelled when they laughed at him? The sons-in-law, after all, believed it was only a joke. Something happened to remove the sense of urgency and fear of God from the heart of Lot. He didn't flee. He lingered in the city until it was almost daybreak. His failure to flee was so bad that the angels had to grab him and his wife and daughters by the hand and lead them out of the city. Do we see what a great example this is of the mercy of God? Even when the sinner hesitates to embrace and enjoy the safety of God's rescue and God's care, even when Lot hesitates, God's patience still holds. He still rescued Lot and his family. In fact, we see also the wisdom of our God in knowing that he would need four people to be dragged out of that city. Four hands of two angels grabbed onto their hands and brought them out. God is so merciful. It says it here, the credit for salvation always falls on the lap of God. It says, the Lord was merciful to them. The hesitant. I'm a pastor, and I've experienced this hesitancy to flee from sin and the safety of the Lord's care in just not a few hearts. I've also recognized my own sinful reluctance to flee from what is evil, cling to always what is good. The scriptures declare that to love God is to hate what is wicked. Why hadn't Lot fled from this wicked city long before? Why had he waited until his daughters were betrothed to unbelievers? and his home had nearly been stormed by an angry mob of gay men who wanted to rape his guests. He surely knew that it was better to live outside the city. He came from the surrounding fields. He knew the life of Abraham and nomads and tents and had lived outside the city before. But he chose to settle in Sodom. He acquired a home for himself with all the comforts that it offered in the city and even a secure home with a hinged door. Why did he wait so long? Why did he delay at the doorstep of judgment and doom? I think everyone knows why. We all have the sinful desire to find comfort and to cling what is often godless, worldly, and even vile. Why can't the man who sees what is harmful things coming through his television and causing his children to see and be led into sin, why can't he cancel the cable subscription? Should he? 
Is the music purchased and heard on the radio today by today's children much different in message than the music of what Lot's family would have probably enjoyed in Sodom? Flee from God's destruction. Tell anyone in this world that you wish to flee out of fear of evil and love of God. They'll think that you're joking. Why do we wait so long? Judgment is coming. But God is merciful. Imagine what will run through our hearts and minds as we daily realize that God is going to destroy this world. And in mercy, he has planned to spare us and any who will listen also to his word and believe. He sent his Son first to save the world. His Son will come again to judge and bring destruction on that same world. It is all who trust in him, even though we are at times guilty of being hesitant to flee from sin. It's all who trust in him that will find, in the end, his mercy. The Lord was merciful to Lot and his family, long and patient. He is merciful to you too. Don't lose that zeal, that initial zeal and sense of urgency which God gives us. We are fleeing this world and headed to his secure place of rest, his city which will never end. We'll conclude today with a song performed by Koine, Savior of the Nations Come.
You've been listening to Kanenbaum Podcast, episode number 45. This podcast was first shared in October of 2013. We'd like to thank the artist Branches Band for allowing us to share music from their latest album, Crown Him King, as well as music from Koine from their latest album, Emmanuel Lux. For more information, visit com. We encourage you to visit a Wells ministry location nearest you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for listening.